Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to, Welcome to Mile High Hockey Lab. Mile High Hockey Lab. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mile High Hockey Lab. I am Adrian Hernandez. I'm here with Jackie Kay, Ezra Parter, Evan Liu. And we are talking everything Colorado Avalanche. Um, we've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, as, as goes the season, heavily revolving around injuries. But some positive news, sort of, on the injury front. Um, and then also, you know, some not-so-positive news on the injury front. But if you like what you're watching and listening to, Please don't hesitate to like and subscribe. Head on over to Twitter. Uh, follow us there where you can follow us at Mile High Hockey and the actual podcast at MHH underscore lab. And if you are smart and kind enough to be on YouTube right now watching, um, be sure to subscribe and share with your fellow Avalanche fans. So since I've got everyone's attention and we're ready to roll, let's drop the puck and do this thing. Um, the first thing I really want to talk about, and I was pretty um, – pretty reliant upon you all today for the script because man was my day crazy but <laughs> the first thing i wanted to talk about was as ezra so so hilariously put it the sick sick road trip domination and um <laughs> let's start with you then ezra what's your like most major takeaway what was the most impressive win for you on this streak and road trip oh man it's got to be the toronto win that was yeah. amazing that was uh, to to play that quality of defense against that quality of an offensive team is fantastic and then to to keep themselves up for the ottawa game and and keep it going obviously there was a little bit of a defensive lapse towards the end letting them climb back in but that's what happens on the second half of a back-to-back and then yeah they they played great defense the whole the whole stretch and and let them let their back end carry them and that's i mean that's that's what you got to see in the playoffs and that's what we want to see right now so it's fantastic yeah, and I was hoping that we'd have Jacob on today because he was kind of um, a little bit ahead of that in terms of how he saw um, that game potentially being a a show showman game for the Avalanche in terms of defense and kind of showing what they have in that regard. Jackie, was that your takeaway from the Toronto uh, victory as well? Looking back on it, definitely at the time, I kind of felt like that game was boring, and yeah. it's not because. I need to see five goals or something for it to be exciting, but it was just um, like, it definitely was good defense, but it was also like at the expense of any offense. So it was a little um, sleepy at times, I think, but mm-hmm. obviously they did what they needed to do to get the job done. Uh, it's just, I don't know if they can limit their own offense that much over yeah. like, let's say a series, but we don't have to worry about that at this point. Um, but definitely like that was the good team that they needed to beat and they've had some not so pretty games against Toronto. So, yeah, um, it was definitely encouraging. I'd say my favorite was the Montreal win because I was there. Very and, nice. <laughs> um, and it was, it was nice to see them get out and dominate that game. What's it like uh, to see a game in that arena? Um, it was cool. It's, um, 
it was a different perspective. I was okay. on the first level or the first row of the third level. So I usually don't get that view at ball arena. So gotcha. it was a little different from that perspective, but the atmosphere was almost like a football game. Huh. It's kind of what it reminded me of. It's um, just kind of like an older building and kind of the fanfare and stuff like that. I wasn't sure if that's what I would have expected, but um, yeah, it was cool. It was fun. Like, even though Montreal's not that good, like, their fans really don't care. Like, they still yeah. um, were, like, into it and... Yeah, I, I always find it amazing how you can hear the reactions from the fans when there's a game in Montreal on, like, small plays. Like, when the puck barely gets out of the zone and or a guy barely keeps the puck in the zone, it sounds like somebody scored a goal in Arizona. So I just feel like it's it's uh, it's a totally different atmosphere. It's interesting that you liken it to, like, an American football game. Evan, um, tell me, was – was uh there another game in the in the streak that you thought was more impressive than maybe the the Habs or the defeat of the Maple Leafs? You know, I I think I'll just kind of retweet what everyone's already said. I know that's such a Gen Z thing to say, but nice. here we are. <laughs> you, you didn't uh, you didn't shorten it to RT, so we're good. <laughs> no, I was I was thinking the exact same thing that you said earlier, Adrian. I wish Jacob was here. Uh, congratulations to him, by the way. He's closing a house, so that's yeah, awesome. that's awesome. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean, he called it perfectly. He said that it was going to be a close game all game long, you know, tight defensively. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how you're going to win that game. And that's exactly how they won the game. Yep. And quite frankly, that's how they won a good chunk of these games. And I was busy this week, so I didn't, you know, get to watch a ton of ton of their games. Mm-hmm. But um, I know that I I think I'll just I'll give a special shout out to Jonas Johansson with that ah. last ditch save. I, I didn't get to watch it live, so I saw it maybe like, I would consider that a flurry of saves, although the most obviously there was one in particular that that saved the oh, game. Oh yeah, that yeah. lunging like to yeah, the right, yeah. like oh my gosh! I mean, I I saw that, and uh, this was probably like ten thirty at night, and I'm at a train station, and I just go oh, like just audibly out loud. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, so shout out to him and yeah. what was an almost costly blown game. So. That was against the Senators, right? Am I mm-hmm. tripping? Yeah. I, that yeah. game was that game to me, although the, the, it ended in a way that maybe wasn't ideal. I do think that that was still impressive, um, especially given the back to back part of the whole scenario. I think it's easier to have a team come back on you when it feels like they're never in it until like the last two minutes of the third period, because just the way that game kind of shook out, even when the even when they were kind of fighting back, it didn't really feel that way. It kind of was just like, ah, well, Avs will get one, which is kind of what happened. So I was very impressed with how the Avs were able to basically hold on. And you would think a team on the second of a back-to-back, that would be the one thing that they might not be able to do. So I felt like it showed a lot of, I don't know, moxie for a team like the Avalanche to to rebound almost from giving up such a big comeback. Cause had they not scored so much, they would have been losing obviously, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was, I, it, it didn't feel like it didn't feel like a blown game to me. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important for them to win those kind of games because like you said, that was definitely like a trap game. Maybe they're a little mm-hmm. bit more tired, but those games against the senators can be weird, especially in Ottawa. Like they're a good team at home. And they'd be a playoff team if it was just based on their home record. And so, and they also had that where 
they pushed back like they were physical like they were yeah. trying to start stuff and i think the abs need to fight through that as well so i think it was a good test for them in in some ways that that you wouldn't expect i guess because they're probably not going to make the playoffs and it should be you know quote unquote easy win for the abs but i think they fought through a lot to get the win in that one yeah, see, that's that's exactly what I'm thinking, and and I was actually pretty entertained by Lars Eller's first goal um, <laughs> as an Avalanche. I don't know if you'll ever see a goal like that in the NHL again. You know, maybe in the next couple of years, he seems like he's kind of starting to contribute in ways that we didn't really see in his first couple of weeks as an Avalanche. Um, what are you thinking of his time now, Ezra? That we've seen him play a little more. Oh yeah, I mean, I think he he's rounding into form. He's finding his fit and. Uh, finding some chemistry with O'Connor and Cogliano, which, you know, like we talked about when he was acquired, I'm about to sneeze. Sorry if I look crazy. Um, it's coming, but I'm going to keep talking. Um, uh, as as we, we talked about when he first got here, we were like, yeah, he's got to fit in as a third line center or potentially a fourth line center with, with those guys to grind out games and play some good defense. And he's shutting down the opposing top line. You know, mm-hmm. he's not just, he's not just shutting down middle, middle of the lineup guys. He's shutting down Austin Matthews. He's shutting down uh uh, Tim Stutzla, he's 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 playing great, and and it's not just him. It's it's really that that group coming together that's yeah. that made it work so well. That's a good point, and and credit to you for your acting chops for holding that sneeze in so well. Yeah, that's impressive. That's like one of the hardest things to do on earth. Um, <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting for him to be unmuted, and then yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And there there goes the recording. It's completely uh, gone. I don't know what happened. Yeah, <laughs> but Jackie, do you agree with Ezra there? Do you think it's more of like a rounding out of that entire line, or or do you think you've also seen like a step up from Eller? Um, I'm still, I wouldn't say on the fence, but I think hesitant a little, um, with what he's able, you know, I don't know what to expect really. Like it's tough when you have a veteran that's been somewhere else for years and it does take a lot of time to acclimate and the abs play a different way. And so if you're not used to that, like it can be difficult and all that. I'm waiting for him to like create offense. I know like the two goals he scored were fun and unexpected and um and you need that like we've seen that from say nieto who i think is really not generating much offense either but he is at the right place at the right time and he's able to put a couple pucks in the net and so i think we could probably expect that from eller too but i just i don't know how he's going to work offensively because i think he's also taking some of those second line minutes with Lekkonen out like I know it's Mulgan on paper and Mulgan is playing more but he's still only playing like 11 minutes yeah so the the other minutes are coming going somewhere else and it's I think it's Eller and so they are using him a lot so I mean that's good it's just for as much as they're using him I'd like to see just like a little bit more playmaking like anything gotcha um but I will say, yeah, I will. I will say that we'll see two months from now. Yeah, and and sometimes getting a goal in like those really weird ways is exactly what a guy needs to like kind of. So he's not thinking about. Yeah, exactly. So I I feel like you're onto something there. We're like there is there's a a playmaking level that we still haven't seen, but the other stuff that we were told, like I think he's as advertised now, and then I think what you're looking for, and I think what all Av fans are looking for is for him to be elevated a little bit, given that he's on a good team 
a really good team now. So he should he should get better, just like everybody else that comes in place for the Avs in recent history. They usually get better and have career years within three years of being here. So, Evan, um, are you kind of in agreement there? Do you think he he's still missing a little bit of contribution, or are you ready to to bring him into the fold? No, I, I'm definitely kind of on the same page as Jackie because. I, you know, I was also, I'm also kind of in agreement. I wish there was a little bit more point production at this point, but okay. at this point it, it is what it is. I mean, that mm-hmm. was such, that was such a Lars Eller way to get his first <laughs> Avs goal. Like with just how that all kind of shook out, but I have to say props on, on his second goal, you know, falling yeah. down out of balance, like slight <laughs> sliding it to Nachushkin and then collecting the rebound like that. That was an impressive goal. I, whoo. I'll, yeah. I would like to see that on Steve's hat picks uh, on Ooh, Sportsnet next um, tomorrow, I guess, at the time we're recording this. But no, I, 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 I've definitely come around more to like his defensive play and the things that he does. You know, off, not off the ice. What's it called? Not on offense, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, doing doing the the dirty things, the dirty work, I guess. Yeah. Um, and you know, obviously. If he can tack on a couple more goals and some more assists, you know, in this last couple of weeks of the season, that'd be awesome. Um, so I'm, I'm really hoping for that, and I'm also interested, especially it, to see how he'll fit in once Helm is back in. Um, yeah. Since you know he took he was on the road trip, Helm was on the road trip. They tried to sounded like as if they were going to try and play him on Saturday against his old the team, Red Wings, but right? yeah. Um, but didn't happen. And then I know Bednar said this morning that he's sick. So I don't know if that's the only thing stopping him or if he's not fully recovered yet from his injury. So we'll see. But, you know, if Helm is able to come back, I'm really interested to see where Helm goes and then in turn where new hook goes. And I know we'll get more into new hook later, but um, yeah, it'll, that'll, it'll be interesting to see how that bottom six really goes along with both Helm and and Helm and Eller. Yeah, well, it feels like we haven't had a typical lineup like all season based on how it's shaken out. And so we're going to see a little bit of a different lineup tonight probably than we've seen in in in, in a while um with a few uh, more injuries and then you know like you said a couple guys coming back potentially we could see some changes. Um Jackie, do you have any updates? I was totally off. I did not know that McCarr was day to day. I can start with that. Do you have anything else for us in terms of the injury front heading into the game against Chicago tonight? Sure, yeah, and I listened to Benner's presser, so I've so heard you're it the from the authority. person to ask, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, Makar is not uh, expected to play tonight. Um, it's just what's considered a truly day-to-day, like, minor thing. He was at morning skate, but he left partway through it. Okay. Um, it looked like he got a little dinged up in Detroit. Like, he didn't play the last 10 minutes of that game. They did have the game in hand pretty much at that point too, but mm-hmm. it's not com- it's not really typical for the Avs to like completely sit somebody in that yeah. situation. And so it did kind of seem like maybe something's up. Um, lower body, I don't have any reason to not believe them at this point. Like if he's going to take maybe a few games off, this week wouldn't be terrible for it. So okay. we'll just see. Um all right, let's see everybody else. There's like eight people to get to. <laughs> While you're um, looking, like, uh, like Evan said, Helm uh, was not there, but they said he was sick. So, but okay. there's no word on like, you know, can he play this week or not? I guess we'll just see when he gets back on the ice what they say about him. Uh, with him, it's always been so tough to peg down like exactly 
you know, where he's at because it's just at his age and just how this year has gone. I, I just, I really think it probably is truly a day-to-day thing where it's just like, how are you feeling? <laughs> right. Can you give it a go? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Manson was not out there. Uh, he's not skated yet, but Benner said he's making progress. So okay. I don't know. He's probably weeks away. Uh, Franco's uh, got on the ice while they were gone one day. So he skated on his own a little bit, but um, as it sounds like he has not been on the ice since. So I interesting. I you say maybe that didn't go well. Yeah. Or <laughs> usually they come out and stay out if it went fine. Yeah, yeah. So he needs more time. They did say he's back in the gym. So it's not like he being shut down or anything. Right. But um, yeah, if he tried the ice and it's a no, he's probably weeks away too. So, um, and then the two that were out there were EJ and he was in a full contact sweater uh, for the morning skate. Uh, it just seems like, and, and people that have watched him have said he skated very hard. It seems like he's doing everything. He's just basically waiting for medical clearance. I think he feels pretty good. They just want to make sure that like that bone <clears throat> isn't going to be susceptible to breakage or. Gotcha. You know. he's, so I think probably maybe like a week or two away just because you know, it's a bone and <laughs> they don't, yeah. they don't want to just throw him out there, but he seems good to go. So I think once he gets the green light, he's going to play. And then Landy, of course, uh, <laughs> Sorry. Everyone wants to know, uh, me. Oh my God. <laughs> he's awake. <laughs> he did actually uh, partake in the morning skate, which is interesting because that's the first time he's really been with the full team. But Usually when guys get to that point, they are getting pretty close. Uh, it wasn't so much that. It's just I'm sure he's probably itching to get out there with the team. And it's a morning skate, so it's not like a pretty laid back practice or whatever. So he, he did do a couple of the warm-up drills with the team and then left. So kind of the same thing. Um, you know, Evan from Colorado Hockey now said that he believes – that Landy will not be ready for the beginning of the playoffs uh, or the team is not expecting him to be ready. So it truly is like an inch by inch thing with Landy. So Hmm. we'll just see, we'll see how the next month unfolds. I think that's everybody. And Oh, McDermott's going to play tonight. So he's healthy. Yeah. He's back. Yeah. It's Um, interesting that it's interesting that Evan, the other Evan uh, said that about, about Landy because I mean, just his presence at Morning Skate is huge in and uh, of yeah, itself. Sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a red non-contact jersey, and I think we we're all expecting him to not play for at least the next two weeks, right? So, progress is progress, right? And this right. is in this entire endeavor that Landeskog has gone through now for the last year. This is the most progress that we've seen him make, and that is great to see. I mean. To to see him out there, I mean, his teammates are probably ex, you know, ex. What? Nope, that's not a word. Ecstatic. Ecstatic. There you go. That's a good one. Uh, I should know the words, but I don't. Ecstatic that their captain is out there and that their captain is, you know, his presence alone will help the team. Like just just having him there at morning skate is probably going to be helpful for this team for the last few weeks. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is the first site that we see him, uh, you know, take morning skate and, you know, hopefully as it kind of goes inch by inch, you know, then he can participate in more of those drills and participate, you know, longer in morning skate. And 
just keep getting closer and closer to 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 a return. I I mean I I'm gonna butcher this pronunciation, but um, I I have a feeling Landeskog is not going to be coming back or getting on the ice and kind of whether or not it's a positive or a negative, like being a slight distraction to his teammates, unless he plans on returning soon. Um, and then here's the thing I'm going to, I'm going to blow, but it's uh John Talagen is the Swedish uh, philosophy of being very team oriented and kind of deflecting attention from yourself to your team. And like, he really takes that. I, like in, if you watch all of his interviews and pretty much anytime he communicates with media members it's always about the, uh, the his teammates and that that's um thinking i think goes into every decision he makes um because he's really really about that part of his life and his culture so i don't feel like and and i don't want to make this sound like i don't i don't believe some of the news breaks but i don't consider them real news breaks i think there's a lot of conjecture going on with like the little things that we see happening instead of just kind of like letting it unfold Cause like when you say it sounds like he thinks maybe that's like what it, that's what it feels like. It's like, it sounds like he thinks maybe he won't play. And that's, that's not news, right? We, we that's not Bednar saying he's not set to play for the playoffs. So I, I'm ready for like the, the non pretend news breaks on Landis Gog. Like I'm so ready for it to be like guys playing tonight. No more talking about it. Um, so with that, let's move on a little bit. We did a live poll today um, just to kind of get a vibe on who the Avalanche might meet in that first uh, round matchup with or without Landis Gog, apparently. Um, do you think, uh, and the question posed these three teams, and I just did did this because the Avs are third in the Central right now. They would play the Wild if it started today, um, and then if they were to somehow win the Central, they'd likely play the second Wild card. Um, and who knows who that'll be. So I have Seattle Kraken and Winnipeg Jets with the Minnesota Wild as options. Um, I'll start with you, Ezra. What's your answer to the poll? Who would you rather them see in, them see in the first round, the Wild, Kraken, or Jets? And if not them, who? Who would I rather they see? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Minnesota doesn't scare me at all. The Jets have uh, uh, a Hellebuck, which is obviously you know a big deal. But then, and then the Kraken – They've been good. They've been good, yeah. and, they, and they've beaten the abs a couple of times. So um, <clears throat> I think I'll have to go with the Wild. You know, it'll okay. be a fun series, too, which is exciting to, to get to play a rival. But also, you know, I'm not I'm not worried about those guys. Yeah. <laughs> First round isn't really the question for me. I, at least I hope it's not the question um, in terms <clears throat> of, like, who will be the toughest matchup. That's kind of why I, I phrased it, who do you want to see in the first round? Because I feel like getting out of there in eight days is important, <laughs> as we see. Um, yeah. Evan, what do you think? Of, and what's your answer to this poll? Yeah. So my, my head, uh, cause I have a head and a heart combo here. Uh, my head wants Winnipeg just because Winnipeg has fallen off a cliff for the last month and a half. Right. Um, and yeah, they have Connor Hellebuck. Um, but he doesn't have much of a team ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if the Avs take care of business and they go on to win the central division and, Winnipeg, you know, ends up falling in their lap. I would love that matchup. Um, but I have been telling everybody and their mother uh, that I would love an Avs and Kraken series. That would just you have that would be so much fun. I mean, you have you told you have so my mom talent. too. <laughs> <laughs> you have so much, so much talent on both teams. I mean, 
if Burakovsky's healthy, you know, playing his old team yeah. in the playoffs, same with Grubauer. I mean, both of them are definitely going to want to get revenge on the Avs, and the Avs are still going to want to continue to try and steamroll guys. Um, and so my, my heart wants Avs Seattle because that just that would be such a fun series. Um, of course, they have to win. They'd have to win the Central to make that happen. Um, right. And I feel like, honestly, because I'm looking at the standings right now, I think at this point, because they're they're six points behind Vegas, who's top of the West with 92, and then you know, LA's in second with 90. So those two are neck and neck for the winning the West. Dallas yeah. is on 89. The Avs are on 86. So they're only they're only three points behind Dallas. And I know I mentioned it in my piece yesterday when I was trying to preview, you know, kind of the what scenarios could play out. Is that you know, we were not talking about too long ago. Okay can they make a wild card spot yeah. or finish third in the central yeah and now we're here they're three points away from top of the top of the central and they still have two games in hand on everybody so it's still really promising that they can win the win the central now with that being said they are still only five points ahead of winnipeg and yeah. winnipeg goes on a run and they win five straight like the abs have and then if you know, roles reverse and the abs drop a whole bunch like the jets have recently, then the, the, it could, it could all flip on its head again. So, you know, you, you just have to look at both sides here. That, that's what I'm trying to get at. I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to be like, Oh no, the abs are going to miss the playoffs. Da, da, da. No. I mean, mm. you know, you just, you still just have to watch your back just a little bit. But oh yeah. I'm, I'm more looking up than, than anything else. Yeah. So. I think the strength of schedule is, it has me optimistic because even if the abs kind of have an off night or two, they might still sneak out one or two points uh, as we kind of saw with the senators, you know? So uh, Jackie, I'm going to take it over to you. Is there a team maybe like not on this question or this these this list that you might think of like maybe calgary flames who are kind of teetering in the wild card position well i'd say nashville right yeah if you truly want to waste of eight days then <laughs> you want to repeat last year and yeah nashville's worse than this year uh Is nashville's five points out of a wild card spot right yeah, now I, yeah. I think they're still yep, yep. pretty close to calgary they're they're one point three games calgary. in hand Three games in hand on Winnipeg, who's at 81 in the second in the wild card. So, So, yeah. I guess, ideally, if you want the easiest, that's probably my answer. Um, No, do I think that's the most likely? Probably not. Yeah. Um, Like, I agree with you all. If they win the Central, it would be fun to get Seattle and have something different because I don't necessarily think it would be easy, but um, it'd be different just because Seattle hasn't even existed that long, like, It'd be it's fun. just, um, yeah. you know, these guys are still trying to find their way together as a team, and they've done a lot better job this year. But Davs should be able to win a series there. But um, I just think so. I I definitely am hoping for the division win, but I don't know. It just feels like this year they're going to be in that middle of that central. Mm-hmm. I think they can get second, which. Still, does that mean play Minnesota? I just feel like it's kind of set at this point. And, yeah. Um, I guess it's possible like Minnesota could knock Dallas down. I really don't want to play them in the first round. I just feel like it's going to be something like that rather than like uh, a crazy kind of matchup where it'd be like Seattle Abs. That yeah. Kind of like really different. I just feel like <laughs> we're kind of destined to have that more typical, you know, what you would say like division rivalry type of playoff series rather than like 
hey, we've never played this team or that team. So that's kind of what I expect. And then to the answer the second question, who do I want to play in the second round? Whoever beats Dallas, I want to play that team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's very yeah. well put. That's very well put. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I mean, the thing is with Minnesota, like they're they're a tough, gritty team, just like Dallas is, and I feel like that would be a challenge. And so I, I don't really want that, but I feel like we might get it. Um, and we've played Minnesota well. I mean, sure, we have another game against them. So we do. Yep. Yeah, next more, week. Yeah. Um, so. That makes we'll me see. feel better about it, but it it will get into like that rivalry where it's not going to be easy either way, just because yeah. you're so familiar with the team and and it probably would be closer series than anyone would like. It these, would be. These yeah. results are interesting, like in the sense that there's been 72 votes, 33 percent to the Wild, 33 percent to the Kraken, 32 percent <laughs> to the Jets. Oh wow! So it sounds Jeez. like their fans are pretty indifferent when you really <clears throat> think about it. To, which kind of lends to what we're talking about, which is like, it doesn't really matter. Bring them on. Not scared of really any of these guys that we might face in the first round, I, especially if like Kaprizov's return doesn't quite go as they've planned. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I don't think the wild are quite as dangerous without Kirill on the, on the, on the, on the, the pretty good job against him. Like he's not yeah. the one that, really beats them up so but it's true like he's he's certainly their most dynamic player they said I, I, yeah. the first comment was that i got from somebody was they need to play the wild because they need to exercise some demons and i've talked about that a little bit how it might be fun to do the kind of a similar it's thing that sure. they did last year yeah the, the we go uh it'd start, be yeah it'd have minnesota. to start with minnesota then it'd have to go to Vegas Dallas. or Dallas? No, Dallas and then Dallas, Vegas. And yeah. Then Vegas. Yeah. I was gonna say, get out those pitchforks for 2014. And then San Jose plays in somehow in the play-in. <laughs> 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 no, well, we get that with Pete DeBoer though, right? For Vegas, yep. so right. it's still there too. Um, so this might be the Revenge Tour Volume Two, and I think this version is a little bit more difficult um, because I feel like these teams are like we've led to like a little bit. Um, of a matchup thing for the Avs. And that's kind of what we were worried about last year heading into the playoffs. And it felt like they kind of got some pretty favorable matchups in terms of that. Um, you know, playing Edmonton, they were kind of a physical team, but there was just ice everywhere to be had in that series. Um, I think the closest that they got was in the Blues series to like to stylistically what we'd see from maybe Dallas or Vegas. So, and that was their best test other than the final, obviously. And even the final, I would say, is actually probably the closest to that play style because that's kind of Tampa's thing. Um, mm-hmm. So they slayed the Eastern Dragon in terms of that. Um, let's see. What else do we got to talk about? I got to pull up our script here. I, I feel like – Go ahead. Can I, yeah, I was going to say I I had the great chance to to speak with uh, Bennett Durando from Denver Post this weekend. Nice. Um, and, you know, he and I were talking abs things and and all that. And he actually brought up a great point um, that if things go certain ways, um, abs can meet Oilers in the first round. Um, wow. I mean, Edmonton's only on 86 um, with the abs. Um, but Edmonton's Calgary played... sl- slips in there and then they slip out. <laughs> yeah, it makes yeah sense. I was going to yeah. say that or Seattle moves back up to third in the mm-hmm. Pacific because they're they've they've played one less game. And they're on 83 points. Interesting. Um, so if the Avs win the central and then Edmonton slips down to the first wild card and Seattle's up to third, yeah. then you could get a Western Conference final rematch in, in the, the first, first round. round. And wow. obviously the 
the same storyline of Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon would be up against one another, but it'd be in the first round this time. And whoever ends up on the losing side would be, you know, pretty heartbreaking for, for either guy and their, and their team. So yeah. um, I think the thing that would interest me though, cause you mentioned the open ice part, right. Um, would be how much open ice we would get this time because you, I mean, yeah, you still have like Cody CC and Darnell nurse, but they would, yeah, yeah. They would still, still back there. You don't have Mike Smith. Who's going to be leaking goals, but, but they, you know, they you went still and got a Campbell. defender too. Didn't they at the deadline is that home? Yeah. Yep. At home. So I, at home would definitely help with that for sure. Um, but then again, you still have, you still have Jack Campbell who has not been, you know, his same self all year. Mm-hmm. Is he, is he better than Mike Smith of last year? Right. I don't know. Maybe, Probably, maybe Probably, a little bit, bad, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, a little bit. Stuart Skinner right now too. So yeah. you know, he's, he's a little bit better than both of those guys. And Murray's just hiding somewhere. Who knows where that guy is? Um, yeah. yeah, isn't yeah. So he's um, probably injured as always. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, but unfortunately. yeah, I mean, so I mean, if we if we get Abs Oilers, I mean, that's definitely not a that's not a matchup I would want, quite frankly. Um, especially if we have a healthy Leon Drysaddle, because you have to remember too in the Western Conference Final, who's practically playing on one leg. Yeah. So no, um, that's the scariest matchup in the West, really. Uh, the absolutely. People, you can say what you want about Vegas or LA, but really, it's it's the Oilers that scare me in the Pacific because they do have elite talent, and that's what it comes down to sometimes in the playoffs. If they can Definitely. get the support they need, yeah. I so think they're so overrated. Like I just <laughs> elaborate. They, I mean, yeah, I mean, they obviously have the two superstars, but if you look at the game when the Avs had yeah, that major comeback against Edmonton and won what like six to five. McDavid had one point. Yeah. Like they have the he got shut down shut him down yeah. because they can skate with him and they can keep up with him. Mm-hmm. So not to say like they they won't get points, but everyone's stars are gonna get points. And I think yeah. it's common for <clears throat> I mean even heading into the series last season, it's easy for fa- or for media to be like, well it, you can only keep Connor McDavid out for so long. Yeah, I'm just um, so tired of their storyline. Yeah, I and I spent two weeks talking. I just I'm don't want to talk way. about it. Like, well, it's yeah, I, I listen. Yeah. I listen to NHL radio a lot, and bless all those guys who 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 do their work on that program. But they definitely have some East Coast bias. Um, <laughs> and what's hilarious to me is they talk about the Avalanche like they're kind of like a lost cause in some respects, like they're like oh the abs the abs have a good roster when they're healthy which is true but it's like if you're following the direction of avalanche health it's actually on on the right trend and i think like i mentioned this in the script but it feels like they no longer consider the abs the threat in the west it seems like they're talking more about vegas and they're talking more about edmonton um what 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 how do you explain that maybe ezra and do you agree with that well, I think probably they're looking at the standings and right. they're looking at the statistics and they're not watching the games. So yeah. what they're seeing is the Pacific teams are racking up more points and therefore they're better, which is <laughs> um, stupid and short-sighted because they're not <laughs> the fact that they're playing an easier conference. I was going to yeah. say the, the dumpster fire of the Pacific. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, if we got eight games against the Sharks, uh, I think we have <laughs> yeah. pretty good stats, good you know, point. so uh, that's, that's that's basically what it comes down to. And no, I think it's wrong. I think the, the Avalanche are still the team to beat in the West. And 
good hockey reporters, good writers, uh, people at the athletic or whoever, uh, know that <laughs> and are saying that. So yeah. I don't know what's going on at the NHL network, but I don't, but that's, uh, that's, that's, pretty poor national reporting if that's what's happening well I essentially mean, i i don't think it's too much like that they're saying that they're they're done for but there's definitely a tune to like they're well well edmonton they went and got a defender and and who knows that they, they went to the western final last year and do they have what it takes to win it and then when they talk about the abs it's like they're the former champions but mm-hmm. you know what i mean and, and it's there like are a lot of butts with this team yeah so that's not unreasonable like they do need to get healthy but for you're sure also right they're they're trending in the right direction exactly and even not healthy they're racking up wins so yeah and then it, it's funny because in one side of the face it's like well the abs are playing the easiest remaining schedule and so they've won six in a row and then on the other side of their face they're like well the abs there's no way they're going to go deep because they don't have the depth and because they're mm-hmm. injured and it's like the reason you win games while you're injured is due to depth no matter who you're playing so the Avs clearly have depth. What they're not, what they don't have is security in their lineup, which I understand that being a concern. But like we've spoke to, there's a trend of that kind of changing. I mean, obviously there'll be a tinge of it in everything we talk about in the postseason, but that happens for every squad, much mm-hmm. less the repeat champions. You know what I mean? So, uh, or the back, the defending champions, excuse me. Yeah. Hopefully you, repeat champions. You make, you, make <laughs> great, you make a great point about the security part because I mean, that, the the security and the consistency of this of the team has never been the same this year. Just mm-hmm. it's never there. It's never been there. So, you know, when you get to the playoffs here in a month, you know, you hope to have that kind of consistency and whatnot. And even then you're still going to have injuries pop up. We saw it last year. Kadri goes out and then Comfort, you know, moves up and he's, he does really well in a higher elevated role, you know, in those last two rounds. So, you know, you can only hope that that's, that that's the case. Um, but I mean, when you look at, you know, focusing on other teams i mean it's it's just the stars it's where the it's where the yeah but that's the other thing Uh, you know you you mentioned that like oh edmonton has the two superstars (laughs) but i think if you ask a lot of people they they consider rantanen a superstar statistically but not otherwise Mm -hmm. which i find hilarious yeah Yeah. he should should be be thought of it's funny that and i know we've talked about this before like is miko still underrated and um, I'd say so. yeah, you hear so much about like McDavid and Dreisaitl, but you don't ever hear it mentioned the same way like McKinnon and Rantanen. And I know exactly. because McCarr gets so much attention, but that should be something different because he's a defenseman and he's doing it in a completely different way. And why isn't McKinnon and Rantanen thought of as like that two-headed monster, which they never are talked about like that. And I was going to say, if, if you look at, you know, kind of the partnerships, I guess, and like the duos of like, Oh, you've got Leon Dreisaitl and Nathan, or not Leon Dreisaitl. No, they don't play on the same team. Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid team Canada. against Nathan against Nathan McKinnon and Nico Rainen. Yeah, that doesn't work either. Yeah, uh, yeah. McDavid Dreisaitl versus McKinnon Rainen. Okay, great. And then defensively, Makar Taves, awesome. Darnell Nurse and Cody CC. Where? Yeah, that's a very uneven matchup. <laughs> yeah. So, you, know, you, yeah. you, have to, you you have to look at it as a whole. Um, but you know, I. Without being said, though, I I still I don't know if I would want Edmonton in the first round because I feel like that'd just be a better you know conference final matchup again round yeah. two do it again so yeah. we'll see but um, shout out to Bennett for taking the time to speak speak with me this yeah weekend. that's awesome so that was that was nice of him to just talk ab stuff including the Oilers and give us something to talk about too <laughs> yeah I just just for me to answer the question I'd say the West as a whole is 
not strong this year. So I don't think anybody should have, you know, definitive statements like, oh, the Avs can't do it because a lot of these teams are unproven too. Like, that's also why I don't believe in Edmonton. Like, they're so what they they won a couple rounds finally. So did Ottawa five years ago. Right. They've had so many years where they failed to meet expectations. And what, McDavid's going to have a. 180 points or whatever it is and they still are they might still be a wild card yeah you know so um i personally think vegas has probably been the other than the abs have been the most consistent team over the last several years but they've lost a lot of players uh, so they're almost doing it with like half a new team and then mm-hmm. dallas has also um, sort of reinvented themselves so i think there's just a lot of question marks with every team and so um, the Avs are just have just as much right to be in that mix. They obviously have proven it. They've been a good team for the last five years. They, if they still have their superstars healthy, I think you have to like them the best. Even though I have talked about their depth problems all year, and it could become a problem, but um, it would be silly to not put them as either like the number one team to beat in the West or like a one, a one B situation. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at the stats too, like McKinnon is 88 points ranting with 83. Like these dudes are right on top of each other all the time. I just mm-hmm. don't get it. I don't get the, the I, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Cause it works. Cause Miko lo- apparently loves not to be not talked about. Cause he keeps scoring. Yeah. Um, I really, really want I mean, him to get 50, though. I think, yeah, you know, same. that was where I, I was like headed. That, that was the... going to be my question. Like, how important is, like, obviously their goal is to win another cup, as it should be. But, like, how important are those milestones? Like, Nico to get to 50 and McKinnon to get to 100. Like, uh, just how much does it matter to you? How much should it matter? I think it matters. I mean, to me, it doesn't matter. But I think to them it does. And so I'm excited. Like, I think whether or not they they say it out loud, like Mc, McKinnon in particular, the 100-point thing, because I don't think he's done that yet, right? No. That's one of the mm. few things he hasn't done. And obviously, we know Ranton's not gotten 50. And he's only four away. So, like, that's bound to happen. My question is, how Talk many more? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that. But, like, realistically speaking, I mean – I, especially with the strength of schedule coming up, like he might be in the mid fifties, closer to mid fifties when the season's yeah, said and done. Yeah. yeah. Which would be crazy. Cool. Be cra- I mean, look, look at what he did in December when he was quite literally the only guy in the lineup that could produce offense. I mean, yeah. it, when, you know, people who aren't in Colorado or follow the ass closely are, aren't going to look at that. They're going to look at, Oh, they had John Luke foodie and Oscar Olafson in the lineup. And, not having to deal with so many guys out uh, that they're going to overlook the fact that Brandon quite literally carried the team on his back for that, you know, long stretch there. Exactly. And then, and then you'll, what's crazy is you still get the people who are like, well, what is he without McKinnon? Just look, (laughs) just look, look at at what he did. I I mean, yeah, the, the milestones are nice for sure, but I mean, you'd just like to see him do this, just pretend it's a Stanley cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. sure. And I think I think they would all take that. We would all take that. Yeah, but absolutely. I also think it's like with Makar and the Norris, and there was a lot of like, oh, he's gonna win so many in his career. Like, it's not, it's cool, but it's not that important. But it's just talked about so much that like this, this is a guy that's accomplished that, and um, 
I just think like in the moment it doesn't matter as much maybe, but I think when you're, when you start looking back on seasons, you know, you say this guy has a 50 goal season under his belt or a hundred point season under his belt. I think like those things do matter, especially oh, yeah. when you start talking about like hall of fame yes. and, and other things like that. Where... Especially with guys like Mick Kern out in the world who think guys like uh, Rod Brindamore don't belong in the hall of fame because he doesn't have X amount of 50 goal seasons, like just what you're talking about. And it's like, how does that make any sense? It's the hall of fame, not the hall of really good stats. <laughs> right. right. And so you just never know when you're going to get close enough again, like with McCarr, like he's still the same player, but you have Eric Carlson who's putting up ridiculous points. So he's going to get Man. it. Like you never know yeah. as long as McDavid's in the league is McKinnon ever going to want a heart trophy. Like, it's just things like that where you just never know when it's your time and yeah. when, when you're able to have a, like a statistical season or be able to win a trophy like that. So it does kind of matter to me, but I mean, if Miko it's 50 or not, that doesn't mean they're like not going to win the cup or they are. Right. But I just think, especially for a guy that we want to see recognized as one of the elite players in the league, like 50, yeah, I absolutely yeah. hope he hits 50. Yeah. And, and, and I'll, go ahead, Ezra. That, that really is where the uh, McDavid Drysidel as like the dominant duo and McKinnon and Rantanen as kind of you know just other guys who are very good kind of conversation comes from is 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 those counting stats. It is yep. they, McDavid and Drysidel put up a hundred point seasons multiple times, and mm-hmm. so that's that's where they get that reputation, and and that's why those kind of things matter. Yeah. They want to be considered like you know the top of the league. Play the ducks eight times and and the <laughs> yeah. right. eight or, times. Or have a power play where you score fifty power play points. Yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah. also you can say maybe score more times against the Coyotes. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Uh, That's like yeah. McDavid can have the heart. I think I think McKinnon will take. Lord Stanley instead. <laughs> if that's the way it has to be yeah. for the rest and of his career, yeah, I think he'll. I think he would take it. Um, I, I, I find it interesting that we're we're talking about like the big heads and the, and the big names in the Avalanche right now. When in reality, a, a lot of what of the success we've seen from Colorado has been due to some contributions from guys we didn't really expect. Um, namely, like a guy named Dennis Mulligan. Um, we've seen a lot from JT Comfort that we really didn't. S- expect just in terms of amplifying his production let's get to the dennis Morgan and kind of alex newhook slash apparently lars eller conversation and you look in minutes wise um are there's kind of jackie you, you said there's kind of been some dialogue around newhook in in that some some are disappointed and some aren't i'll start with you in that case um are you disappointed in Alex Newhook's uh, performance this season and kind of within this moment of opportunity, or are you, are you seeing what you kind of expected? Uh, I feel like he's more meeting expectations. Um, I think, and it has been a very divisive topic lately. I've seen yeah. it a lot in our comment section. I had a conversation multiple times on other platforms. So it really does <clears> seem <throat> to be like a really hot button issue. And I, I think, once he got moved down to that fourth line, it, it really magnifies it because it's like, has he really been demoted? Is that just the way that the lineup is working right now? Um, but to answer your question, like I don't, but I also never had the expectation that he was going to be like the two C that he was yeah. going to replace Kadri. And uh, I just, I really didn't think that was going to happen. I, 
I think he has solidified himself as a middle six player. And so that's kind of what I expected. I guess you'd like to see him build on his production from his rookie year. And he still has time for that. Uh, but that he's been a strong producer at five on five, which I think is important. Especially and, this year. Right. Yeah. Especially with the struggles the team has had at five on five. And so I don't think his production has been disappointing. He's missing a lot of like those cheap power play points and he's not on power play one. I just, I just don't think they're going to give him that role right now. So I think for me, he's meeting expectations. I guess you always hope for more, always hope that he's going to take like a big step, but I, they, they need, they're definitely going to need players. They're going to need middle six players. So if that's all he is like, that is so valuable. Yeah. Um, and it might take him a couple years. If it takes him a couple years to have that 50, 60 point season, that's okay. Like it, it's taken, uh, you know, the others a lot of time. Like took McKinnon really. And new hooks rookie year, he scored 33 points until this year. That was conference career. <clears throat> so right. Yeah. It's like, uh, <laughs> good, good point. So it's, uh, so the production is there is what I'm saying. Like yeah. it, and if he can only build from there, like I said, I think he can get into the, maybe that 50, 60 point conversation, but like I, he is providing at this point and, being on that fourth line, I think is a little, little unfair to him because he's been a better player than that. I just think that's the way things are shaking out right now. Um, but, uh, you know, he'll get his minutes. He'll get his opportunities because his name is on the Stanley Cup, you know. Like, he yeah. has proven something. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, and I mentioned McKinnon, and obviously McKinnon made a more a stronger impact initially on the score sheet with 63 points in his rookie year. But after that, he had 38. Then he had 52 and 53 and it really wasn't until his fifth year in the league when we saw him scratching scratching at that 100 point per season kind of guy and that's actually who i think nathan mckinnon is so to your point it really it even took a guy like mckinnon five years to really become who he is in the nhl now um evan can you expand on what jackie has to say about alex yeah, I was I was gonna say you make a great point about McKinnon, and obviously the team was in a much different state when For McKinnon sure. started. And you know, you, you can talk about 2016, 17 all over again if you want, but you know, he he worked and he got it, and now look at where he is, right? Mm-hmm. Um this new hook was new hook has kind of been he's been planted in this really great situation, and he you know, in his second year he gets a Stanley Cup. And so then people place that expectation on him. Oh, you know, he needs to do better and, you know, keep, keep producing, especially after Kadri left, because I mean, Bednar said it himself. He said, new hooks going to have two C, you know, for as long as, as long as he can and needs it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously that didn't last very long. And of course there were outside parameters that caused that Influence change it, just with yeah. injuries. Yeah, exactly. So so maybe that maybe that's unfair, and maybe that's what fans are kind of reflecting on is the fact that you know they were told, oh, Newhook is our guy, Newhook is our two C moving forward, Newhook is our guy who's going to break out and have a career year and do X Y Z things, right? Instead, it was Comfort. Comfort yeah. is the one that that's done that this year, and I you know I think I think fans are going to take that at this point. I mean, and you also just have to remember, Newhook is still so young; he's twenty. Yeah. He's, 20, he's my age for crying out loud. Like, <laughs> imagine me playing in the NHL. I couldn't do that. Newhook doing that and doing what he's already doing is incredible in and of itself. Yeah. So, 
he needs patience, I think, especially just because he is in a contract year. Maybe that's why it's also such a big debate along with, you know, Confer and Rodriguez and, and all these guys um, that, you know, they might look elsewhere for options. I don't think that's the case. I think they're going to give Newhook at least two years, mm-hmm. at least, if not more. I would like to see maybe three or four and then see where that kind of goes from there. But just give, him, just give him more time. <laughs> yeah, Joe's got 300 games. And, and just so exactly. you know, Newhook's only played 145 which is wild. People forget he only played six games in 2020 and 2021. Um, and, I, and, I, and Ezra, I'll take this to you. Do you think it's, it is one of those like perfect storm such type of situations where Kadri leaves, it's a contract year. Um, we just won the cup and coach Bednar says he's the two C kind of heading into the season. Is that the reason why we expect more from a guy like Newhook? Yeah, I think those are all factors, and I think there's a big factor that we haven't talked about yet, which is Kale McCarr came into the league and destroyed and dominated, and that set the expectations <laughs> for what rookies can be. And Alex Newhook is not that, a generational yeah. talent. He's yeah. fantastic. He's a, he's a good prospect who could be a very good player, but Great he's not Kale McCarr, and that's what some fans are maybe expecting out of all rookies mm-hmm. now. That's that's just not fair. Uh, I think he's been great at, at as far as like coming along and developing his game and becoming the kind of player who he needs to be to stick in the middle six of a, of an NHL lineup. He's done a great job. He mm-hmm. hasn't done he hasn't gone above and beyond and run away with a second line center job. That's disappointing to an extent, but also, yeah, it's, that makes sense. He's a kid. Yeah, I think you're. Yeah, it's a good point. Like that might have been a challenge, not an expectation for Ben. Yeah, agreed. But that might have been like I what I see in New Hook is that he is the two C for us in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think he was like challenging New Hook, not saying he has to be this. It was like, let's see if you can do that, because that's what we want for you. Um, which speaking back to the McKinnon situation in terms of it having some similarities, now the Avs can get Alex Newhook back on a pretty affordable basis. Um yes. and I think he'll be more inclined to stay with the team that's just won the Stanley Cup. Um, so I think even though he might have some, he's a restricted free agent, right? So he can't, he can't just jump ship anyway. So Mm -hmm. I think, I think what's going to happen here is you're going to get a really good two C at a very affordable rate in the next four or five years or for the next four or five years, maybe, maybe shorter term than that. But, um, I, I, my question at the end was how does he fit into the future? of Colorado Evan you have something yeah I was just I I went back I wanted to find exactly what Bednar said about Newhook back in September October mm-hmm. so this is quote from a tweet um that you know Jared Bednar mentioned that Evan Rodriguez and Alex Newhook as options for 2C he also mentioned that Miko Rantanen is always an option this was back then um and he said quote Newhook will get a good hard look at yeah. 2C and then he followed that up with um, he wants to give Alex Newhook a real shot at 2C, not just a few games. He said he'll have a he'll have multiple months, perhaps even until the trade deadline, to see what he can do. Yep. So I, that I time one, has sorry, go ahead, Jack. I was gonna say one big issue with that is at the time they didn't think Lannistog was gonna miss the whole season. Yep. I think it could have unfolded a lot differently if he was able to play with a guy like Lannistog <laughs> who um, interesting would be a great support and that defensive help for him because it's like now new hooks doing it without really any quote unquote, you could say help in that department. Like 
He played with Rodriguez, who is amazing defensively himself. And, like, now he's with Galchenyuk. And, like, what um, – it's just been um, – like, he hasn't been really put in a position that, that's really supposed to, like, support him. It's like Newhook's almost had to kind of, like, kickstart some other guys. So I, okay. I think yeah. that – Maybe at the time when Bednar said that, September, October, it wasn't known that there'd be, like, no Landy, and then Nuke would be beat up for half the year, and it just, like, unraveled from there. And that's and that's a great point, too, because that also kind of could explain, you know, his, his role in the team today. When you look at that third line of Cogliano, O'Connor, and then, you know, now Eller, that, that has been the line, you mm-hmm. know, specifically Cogliano and LOC – that have been together for a good majority of the year because they're the ones that have been healthy all year. They're the ones that have actually been able to play and get chemistry all year. Um, now, of course, they had Comfer, you know, at the beginning of the year to start things off. But, you know, that they're still – that that line in and of itself has better chemistry um, that Newhook probably can't fill, I feel like. Yeah. And I, I think that's why he's on the fourth line. I think that's why the way he is. And that's why I mentioned earlier, I'm really interested to see how it all fits together when Helm returns, because then where do you put Newhook? Do you put him, you know, on the wing on the fourth line? Do you move him? Do you dare move him up to the second line, you know, on a wing or something like that, you know? So it'll be really interesting to, to see how it all, how it all unfolds. And oh, I feel like, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like another player controversy we had. I guess Comfer and Kadri last year. I feel like this. I feel like it's this all over again. Like or no, kind of Jost Com- in a way. Jost. That too. Yeah, so that that's a better one. That's Jost a better one. In a way. I was Ezra, say that. Ezra made it made a great point about Makar, and I think like thank God the Avs don't have a lot of high draft picks in the next few years <clears> because they would be subject to such high expectations. And then with that being said, you bring up Jost. And that may come into play with how we evaluated Jost in the latter stages of his time with Colorado because it's like he was a 10th overall pick. And we just saw Kale McCarr come in and score against his hometown team in the first game he's ever played in the NHL in the playoffs and then just go on to win the Norris and the Stanley Cup, not a big deal. Um, so I totally I totally see that, Ezra. And, and to your point, I think that he says a lot about – uh, Makar, because I feel like that expectation was put in place already by McKinnon before Makar showed up. So if you look at this last like 10 years for the Avalanche, the expectation for rookies to make the steps at an escalated pace have probably been more so than ever um, with the ad- additions of McKinnon and Makar. And really, Rantanen was kind of kind of the only one that got given the ample time to develop in term, in the eyes of the fans too, kind of Ranton was always like, "Ah, well, he might be something one day," until he was absolutely everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's one of those things that happens. I feel like with with European yeah. um, prospects, where there's not there's a different pressure put on Canadian or North American, I should say, uh, prospects to to immediately step in and be something. And I think just because fans are like. Who is this European guy? What is this name? I don't know. There, there's less of an expectation. It's a weird thing. I, I wish that wasn't how it was, but I feel like We've that's kind of something that happens. But so many failures. It's like this is the only way that somebody makes it on the team, right? Because you just basically are on the team and then you stay. Like 
nobody's really ever gone up and down and actually been a player. I mean, I guess maybe O'Connor sort of. O'Connor for sure. That, uh, and Ranton too. Ranton and what? Ranton came up and never went back down, but he stayed True. down for a whole year. Yeah. Well, he played the first year um, when he was here, he played nine, right? Like, yeah, he played the nine games and it was split between the very beginning and the very end. I think yeah. it was like five and four or something like that. And like, yeah, he didn't do anything. I remember they called zero him points up. minus seven. Yeah. Yeah. This, the second time he was called up, he was centering Cody McLeod and Jack Skilly. <laughs> <laughs> and he did what a combo. god what a come so far what a line that is <laughs> yeah and he did nothing on it he I had nine shots he... in nine games <laughs> i remember people that summer being like and he was amazing in the ahl but i remember there was a lot some talk over the summer like well maybe he was just ahl good like he didn't do anything he didn't look good mm. <laughs> so it's just and then he played on that 48-point team, and he was the only one to score 20 goals yep. on the entire team. And, you know, I mean, it was an okay rookie year, but it was like, um, you know, even at that point he had showed, like, how good he is, and he he wasn't going to go back to the AHL. Like, it was obvious that he was Pretty an true. NHL player yeah. at that point. So, like, he was even a guy that I wouldn't say, like, really went up and down, but – and so that's like all we see is like if you're gonna make it, you make it. Like, mm-hmm. like what are you doing? What are you showing? And I think there is also like Joe's PTSD, even though he was like an <laughs> NHL player right away. Yeah, people, that's why. <laughs> that's I mean, why we have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just really needed to just be in a different environment because uh, in Buffalo, he's like he's one of their it's a good fit for him. He's he's a, a he's he. I, I was just looking at it. I'll pull it back up. I think he's. Seventh on the team in average time on ice, he, which is a perfect spot for him. He's a third line center. That's what he should do. Um, he's playing. He's leading the team in expected goals for percentage uh, among forwards. He's 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 not generating a ton of offense, but he's playing his game, and it's good to see him succeeding in a place where his version of success is the expectation and not a disappointment. Yeah. Um, but back to Newhook, I mean, I think he is doing what we're talking about, what Jackie was just describing of making it clear that he's an NHL player and he's not going back to the AHL. He's done that all year. There's no chance he ends up back in the AHL. Um, We'll just, you know, we'll see if he uh, is able to solidify a top six role next season. Um, This season, obviously, I think that's, that ship's left the bag. He's, he's let that ship's left the bag. Yeah. Write that down. That's That's uh, the comedian folks. (laughs) No, that's the guy who can't speak. (laughs) Um, but but yeah i mean i think that he is he is he's going to be in the lineup if he's a scratch i'll be shocked uh when home comes back but if he is it'll be like last year's playoffs where he gets back in the lineup and sticks yeah yeah Yeah. well that pretty much is like all the all the topics i wanted to touch on today but do you do you guys have any bold predictions for me and before you i'll give you some time to think about it while i I have one other thing while we're thinking about it Let's do it. Uh, I wanted to mention in relation to Newhook and Mulgan, which is Mulgan's getting his run on the second line right now. Um, and if he sticks, great, cool. But oh, if he doesn't, 100%. if he doesn't, I think Newhook is next in yeah. line to get a look up there. We know. And and just to, to double back, interestingly enough, when you say that Bednar said, let's give Newhook till the trade deadline, I think in the back of his mind, he knew it was going to be JT. And that's why it was a challenge and not, 
not an expectation because he was like, I'm going to basically set him up and let him believe that he's going to have a chance. I'm going to vocalize that so that he doesn't think there's, there's anything in the background working against him. When in reality, I know who my 2C is, but if Newhook can make that jump, I know he has the potential to be a better 2C than JT will ever be. So maybe he can do that if I challenge him. And that just, that hasn't happened, but that's okay. That's totally fine. And I agree with you as they're like, Malgan has done well um, so far, but I love that little assist on McKinnon's yeah, goal. Gorgeous, huh? Oh, man. That's good. Yeah. That's the thing it's that I like. A little play that he can. He has yeah. he has a lot of what mm-hmm. I want to see in New Hook, which is like that like that show stopping where everybody just can't help. Like McCarr does this all the time, but like they sit still when the pass is about to come and they just kind of watch it happen. And that was kind of one of those plays for me where he froze the D and 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 then when you freeze the D and Nathan McKinnon is on the ice, like good mm-hmm. on you. See you later. <laughs> it's gonna work out. It's gonna work out. Um, but yeah. let me give a shout ahead. out. You'll Let me give a shout out. Angelo. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, well, I, was you go say, ahead. I was just gonna say, right? You're gonna have another Alex Petrangelo moment. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh boy. Yes. That's what happens when you freeze the D and get the puck to Nathan. Yeah, you gotta yeah. add that one to the soundboard, by the way. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, so I just want to give a quick shout out to Perry Hellion. I believe that's how you say it. It says, Hey guys, just saying hi on my way to bed almost midnight here in the Czech Republic. Look forward to listening to the pod tomorrow on my way on my walk from work. Keep up the good work. Thank you so yeah. much, man. That's Thank awesome. We love feedback, so yeah. it's very encouraging. <laughs> yeah, that's really know. cool. We're, we're throwing this out there into the universe, and <laughs> it's nice to know that that it's you know it's, it's reaching people reaching eyes, and, yeah, yeah, and ears exactly. All right, so it's bold prediction time. Um, Ezra, let's go with you. Okay, um, my bold prediction is that. Uh, New Hook gets more ice time than Malgin in one game this week. <laughs> bold. <laughs> very, very bold. Uh, Evan, your turn. Hmm. Let's see. I'm trying to think of who's in it. I like that Pittsburgh's coming into town this week because that's, you know, it's Pittsburgh. It's always. It's, yeah. it's the not a kid anymore. And yeah. And that'll He's be still dominating. Yeah, I know. In that yeah. while. So that'll, that'll be fun to see them there. Um, so I, I'll, I'll center my bold prediction around that. Then I'll say, actually, you know what? I take that back. I'll, I'll do this instead. Randon gets up to 50 goals this week. Ooh, uh, this week. I, I love that. I love think it. he, I think he might get two tonight against Chicago and then Arizona's on Friday. And I, I could see him going two and two or maybe even three and one in one in, in between those two games. I could see that. Pittsburgh for good measure. All right, Jackie, your turn. Okay, I think I did this once before, and I gifted Newhook a goal by predicting that he would score. I'm going to say that he scores not one, but two goals this week. Nice. I like it. I like it. Come back next week when all three of us are right. Yeah, <laughs> and whatever, and whatever, and whatever Adrian's is. By the way, I'm sorry, I, I got yeah, that out. No, you know, I, I'm I'm trying to think. I'm looking into history books to make sure I'm not about to put my foot in my mouth. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure the most games that the Abs have ever won in concession in uh, is concession the right word in consecutive fashion. There we go. Um, is twelve games in a row right? I don't know. It sounds right. I think I went on a run of nine last year. My bold prediction is that they will be looking to tie that record 
on Wednesday against the Minnesota Wild. Oh, so this wow. is for this is for next next week. Next, week. next yeah. Wednesday. Next next Wednesday. Well, actually, that'll be that'll be eleven. They'll have to tie against Dallas on Saturday on April oh, Fool's Day. Oh, that would actually be a really good wow. game to do it against. Imagine. Well, here's wow. my thinking: Blackhawks, meh. Penguins, <clears throat> meh. Yotes, maybe. They they seem to give us a hard time for whatever reason. Mm-hmm, but as always, Ducks, meh. Wild without Kaprizov, meh. Stars. I think there's a real good chance at it, guys. I'm just saying tonight's t- if they might lose tonight just to I, shut I was, up. Yeah, I was gonna say you better <laughs> knock on wood right now. <laughs> no, I'm, you know what? I did this. I did this all year last year. I'm just hitting it with the. I'm just hitting everybody with the confidence. I'm not knocking on nothing because we got a good Avalanche hockey team, and anytime you got a good team, you should you should expect them to play well. So that's that's my I know twelve in a row is playing better than well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's like expecting Alex Newhook to be one C. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna get six tonight. Hopefully, so knock on one. Final knock on one, guys. Yeah. I think they owe Chicago and they owe Anaheim. So yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I yeah, need, uh, need to pick those up. But yeah, those Yotes games, those are those have been strange. So, yeah, yeah, it's hard to know what to expect there, but. Well, yeah, sure. Why not? Why the hell not? Yeah, exactly. let's not get gold. It's Just not called Connor. reasonable predictions. It's called yeah, bold predictions, true. maybe. That's right. <laughs> Just leave Connor Ingram in the desert. Just please, <laughs> Just, please. Yeah, New Hope will score enough to be second star of the week next week. I love it. <laughs> Look at us go. Tune in oh, next week when we're all right. Well, I guess I won't be right yet next week. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. What's your bold prediction? You're, for you're on the path. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. For this week, <laughs> I'll just do one for tonight. tonight okay. Right. Tonight, I feel a hat trick. Just, I don't know who, but I think we're getting a hat trick tonight. Bo Byram. Yeah. That would be oh, cool. That would be awesome. Oh Three power yeah. That would be awesome. Miko's Me- had close so many times. Like, I know he's had a hat. I think he's had two this year. I know he had one in Finland. I think he had it. Does he have two this year? But. He's been close so many times. So, yeah. I think I've been at three games where he had two goals. I'm like, come on. I want to see a hat trick. So. <laughs> That's where you buy a hat and bring a hat so that when you throw one, you still got one to wear out of the place because you know it's coming. So go yeah, buy a hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, you three. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm here with Jackie, Ezra, and Evan. My name's Adrian Hernandez. We are the Mile High Hockey Lab, courtesy of milehighhockey.com, your place for everything Colorado Avalanche. Um, if you enjoyed this broadcast, please don't forget to head on over to iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, all that stuff. We are there and ready to be streamed. And if you're listening and watching on YouTube, thank you. Like and subscribe and share. Um, and hopefully the Avalanche beat the Blackhawks tonight or else my bold prediction for the next two weeks <laughs> look really stupid. <laughs> uh, and with that, um, you all have a wonderful evening and go Avalanche. Mile High Hockey Lab. Mile High Hockey Lab.